Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531 where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. Welcome back to Working Fans Podcast, episode 149. We are brought to you by the Pro Wrestling Vault, volume one, written by Vinnie Berry, as well as Lance by Chance, available at WrestleVille.com. If you're heading heading to the beach and you want something different to read, you can read either Super Vows or Pas de Deux by Kevin Kelton. And I'm sure you're going to be listening to A.O. Money Meach, Camouflage, When the Deadbolt Breaks, Buzzard Canyon, something from the great people over at Connecticut People Records. Or you're going to be on YouTube watching a little New Heights Wrestling where I do commentary with the man they call Dave. And this week, we're changing it up a little bit. AJ Strangebrew could not make it. Mm. And I'm going to be sitting in with Dave. You're getting the hot tags. <laughs> yeah. And like last week, we will talk double or nothing. But this show was so long. This is going to be a very quick talk. Dave, the first match up in the buy-in was Hook and Danhausen versus Tony Nese, Mark Sterling. I did not see this. Let me know how it was. It was fun. That's how I would describe it. It was a fun little segment. Hookhausen is really over. Mark Sterling, <laughs> him and Tony Nese come out, and Mark Sterling's got this old, like, Starman uniform, but it's, like, all silver and stuff. He looks like something out of, like, Buck Rogers in the 1980s. It's ridiculous. They basically, it's a comedy match for the most part. Hook gets a few serious offense in on Tony Nese. And at the end of it, Danhausen begs to get tagged in, and Danhausen runs in after Hook does all the work and just puts his feet on. And stands over victorious. The crowd pops. Scott, who doesn't even like Danhausen, and me, it's like kind of iffy. We're like, okay, that was kind of funny. So fun little match. Nothing really too crazy though. Yeah, it only went five minutes twenty seconds. You know, I'll go back and watch it eventually. But it they they start the show off proper with let me get the graphic up here. The much anticipated MJF versus Wardlow, and a lot of this match. I think it was overshadowed by the hype of the weekend. We'll talk about it when we get yes. to Dynamite, but what did you, how did you like this match? Because I thought it was a good blow-off to the feud. Pretty much, I mean, the only way I saw you could finish it. It was what it needed to be. I thought there might be some interference and MJF getting some, you know, crazy little, like, you know, the like different stuff. I don't want to say overbooked, but, you know, interference here and there and try to get Wardlow in some kind of peril. That didn't happen. It was the way you thought it would have been. He came in, beat him down. And, I mean, that makes sense, too. I was wondering, partly, maybe getting caught up in the weekend, if this was more than that. I definitely don't think it is now. But, like I said, we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, they stretched him out of there after the match. Right. It's, it, it doesn't almost... that. Like I said, we'll get to that later. That almost seems pointless now. But for what it was, it was what it needed to be. It was good. And now it's kind of like... Where does Wardlow go from here? That'll be the question. Now, we had predictions last week. AJ and I both thought Hook and Danhausen would win. That did happen. 
we both saw Wardlow winning, which, I mean, it was kind of obvious given how pro wrestling is. This match was followed by the Hardys versus the Young Bucks, and I really enjoyed this match. It was probably one of the ones, even though we've seen this matchup before, I was excited to see it again. Did you think it lived up to the hype? I mean, they had the big entrances. They pulled out all the stunts. So I think me and you have some different points to this because now this show was so effing long and you had a little longer of a day this day for you. Like you had some stuff going on. For me, I had a really long Saturday. So by the time Sunday went around, I was a little more rested in anticipation for this. I had some moments later on my struggle. But this actually, although I enjoyed it, wasn't like in my highlight section. Some other stuff where maybe you were struggling to stay awake, where there was some stuff I really enjoyed a little more than this. Oh, yeah. And AJ and I both had this one wrong. I thought it was obvious that the Young Bucks were going to win. And I think I even predicted that it would be the kind of defeat that would send Matt off into the broken universe, which did not happen. Next matchup was the great Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. And neither of us can comment on this match because for half of it, we were unloading a riding lawnmower out of the van because it was... If this was when I went to take that ice cream break for a second, but that was much later when I was tired. This was the more. Yeah, Yeah, this is the kind of show where you needed rest breaks in there. And I knew I had to unload the riding mower. And it's like, what's going to be the first downer match that I can get out during? And I mean, Jade Cargill, she's been all right. I didn't see Anna Jay coming for like this title. Right. So it was kind of like, who really cares? You got two people that are kind of green and one who's really over in the person. And the crowd likes Anna Jay too. That's fine. But like you, like, okay, you're kind of green. And to me, there's, there's the question of this victory is not in doubt. So yeah. I don't know what I'm like, you know, this doesn't do anything for me. This would have been better in the buy in. That being said, the aftermath which included the debut of Athena and Stokey Hathaway, that made this segment a little more interesting by the time we were done. The match itself, I didn't care. That was the only thing that kind of like made it worth it. Obviously, AJ and I both picked Jade Cargill. The next matchup was the House of Black versus Death Triangle. Jade Cargill match went 725, which is amazing. That felt like 15 minutes. (laughs) With the mower. (laughs) House of Black went 1535, but that felt like seven minutes because this it was, was one of my favorite match. action. Yeah. They finally paid off the Julia Hart thing, which was the finish to the match. Even though the lights out thing can be a little overplayed, I was happy to finally see it happen. And there was just such great action. Yeah, the action of this was great. I there was one sign in the crowd that said, get buddy some tattoos. And I thought that was funny because I saw some other artwork and stuff like that. What Buddy might look like with tattoos and how his actual look doesn't really go with the rest of his team. He doesn't really fit with Malachi Black and Brody King. Obviously, there's a storyline with Black and Buddy from WWE days. And they kind of paid into this. But forget all that look for a second. (laughs) These guys just tore the house down. You know, Lucha, Lucha Bros, Pac. And just Def Triangle, uh, it was interesting to me because like I had a buddy, Kristen, who loves Def Triangle, and he was so mad at the House of Black one. And I like Def Triangle, but I'm House of Black all day. Like To me, these are the guys that I'd like to see in more headline-type situations. I'm a big, big fan of Malachi Black. I think Brody King is a great super heavyweight. 
And I think Buddy Matthews has all the potential in the world, too. AJ had picked House of Black for this. I was certain Death Triangle was going to win because I figured, how do you beat them? But I also didn't think of the Julia Hart thing finally paying off because that's been such a slow burn. This was followed by the Owen Hart men's final, Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. This went 1230. It was fine. I thought this would be a little more than what it was. I don't know. I don't know. It just didn't click. I don't know what was going on, but I, I thought it was okay. It was solid, but nothing great. Not what I would expect kind of from these two, but nice to see Adam Cole get the big dub here. I actually thought Joe was going to win, but I think yeah, I was going to more. AJ and I both picked Adam Cole. It almost seemed obvious. This was followed by the, the Owen Hart women's final with Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. That went 13-20. Britt Baker played out by Rich Ward of Fozzie, Ruby Soho by Rancid. And yeah, it kind of played out like I thought with Adam Cole and Britt Baker both winning. I mean, I it seems this. like the obvious storyline. I had said this even a couple weeks before this, I, I think, on here with AJ. But I just didn't want to believe it. <laughs> I didn't like it. Like, I don't like that. I don't like that these two are heels and they're winning the Owen. Because then they came off kind of like baby faces, too, during the ceremony afterwards. It's fine because it's the Owen and it is what it is. But I just would have preferred if we had proper baby faces win this and maybe give somebody a little more of the rub. I don't think Cole and Britt needed it. But I guess you kind of saw it coming after a while. And you had the ceremony afterwards, which... It's I've heard a couple things as to why the show went so long. Yeah. One, people are trying to say that it was competing with the NBA game. And then I've also heard that Tony Khan wanted to give Martha as much time to speak as she wanted. And if that's the case, that's awesome. Maybe it's a little of both. Maybe you get that extra time. You are hoping to play against the game. And, you know, and it gives her the chance to speak. You got enough fucking matches on this show because... Yeah. Was it around this time that we wondered how many matches there were left? Yeah. and we This, still... this might have been the first time we asked because it was Paige, Sky, and Van Zant versus Kazarian, Sammy, and Ty right. went 12-30. Yeah. That was I don't like... even know what to say. It's kind of like sandwiched in the middle there. It was crazy. It's just like, Jesus. Yeah. I, I had no interest in this whatsoever. I guess we got Paige Van Zant in AEW, so maybe there'll be some big moments with her. I, I didn't care about this. I'm not really. I guess Sammy and Ty, I don't want to say it's go away heat, but I'm not like, ooh, they're heels. I want to see them get them beat up. It's more kind of like, eh, do something else with these guys. I know. I feel like it's almost getting there now. I don't have the graphic for that match or the following match. Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen. Yes. Went 945. This these is where I were added like at the very last minute. And this is not against us, but this is where I took the ice cream break because I was starting to feel the tired. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it was already a stacked show, and now you're starting to add things like the six-person tag, which could have been on the next show or could have been on a dynamite. Sure. Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen, like I feel like you could have had a bigger buy-in with this match. Yeah. I will just say this. I am happy so far with Kyle O'Reilly's singles run that like he's been doing mostly tag matches, but the single matches he's had in AEW, he's gotten wins over uh, Ray Phoenix, Jungle Boy, Darby now. And I'm glad that Kyle O'Reilly to me is not viewed in AEW as just some tag wrestler, you know, that's in the group. So I, I hope that's a situation where 
he'll get some more love down the road. That being said, the show was long enough. We didn't need this. <laughs> Next was the AEW Women's World Title match, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. This went 16 minutes, 55 seconds, and it was a good enough match, but I feel I like good. if I was better rested at like while watching it, yeah. I would enjoy it more. Yeah, I was still halfway in my ice cream brick at this time. <laughs> so I can't say much about it. I think some people liked it. It was five for what it was. Again, too long of a show. It wasn't until our next match where I was back into it. Yeah, Anarchy in the Arena, Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club, Kingston Ortiz and Santana, 22 minutes, 45 seconds. Was the wildest thing I've seen in a while. Yeah. It took the stadium stampede, made it more violent, made it more wild like i don't i didn't take many notes on it because the biggest things coming out of it are kingston with the gas can yeah all the blood just the scooter ride that never happened moxley taking a fork to daddy magic there yeah and then the moxley's music plan for like the first i don't know almost five to ten minutes of the match we had to that the thing giving everybody those new jack vibes and it that was, was all behind it, which made sense. Like we were saying it that night, and then I heard Jericho. It was either at a post-match scrum or on a podcast talking. I think it was at the scrum talking about that was the idea behind that. Yeah, it was good. I mean, the whole thing was excellent. It was the highlight of the night for me because it was just a fun, fun match. It was that great six-man match with the House of Black and Death Triangle turned up several notches. This was my favorite moment in terms of just having fun during the night. Absolutely wild. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess, I don't know if Brian Danielson's going to be considered the heel if him and Kingston end up going at it again, which whatever, but I don't blame Brian Danielson for not wanting to get set on fire. <laughs> so that was one moment where I thought, this is an odd, odd world we live in where this guy's like kind of probably more the heel by this crowd. Now, AJ and I both thought Santana Ortiz, Kingston would win this. So little surprising, but now what you see, what they're setting up for, it makes sense. Yep. This was followed by the tag team championship match, Jurassic Express versus Lee and Strickland versus Team Taz, Hobbs and Starks. And it was so late at this point. And I was like, geez, this match went another 17 minutes, 45 yeah. seconds. And I've been down on Jurassic Express as it is. So when they retained, I was like, I, I hate that because I'm bored of them. Right. But... AEW is making that championship mean something on them and it's got to be building them up even though I'm not getting into them. Yeah. And as we'll talk about with Dynamite, it seems like they're setting up possibly Lucha Express versus the Bucks, which is fine. Man, like, I don't want the Bucks to have the belts either. I want FTR or Red Dragon. Like, we have some other good teams that I think are ready for some more shine again. But yeah, and I, it made sense when I thought about it that the Lucha, the Jurassic Express, I'm sorry, would win this. Because AEW does protect their tag titles and the other and two their homegrown stars too. Their homegrown stars and the other two teams, two teams, although I enjoy and they're getting good right now, they're still kind of makeshift teams. So it's kind of like makes sense on that. But man, I think we all, at least on this podcast, just were ready for a change. And our hearts were telling us, hey, give this to, you know, Hobbs or, you know, and Ricky or give this to like Strickland and Keith Lee. Like, let's just get something new out here. But that's happen. how AJ and I picked it. AJ picked Starks and Hobbs. I thought Strickland and Lee, and we were both wrong. And now 
Finally, the AEW world title match, CM Punk versus Adam Page. This went 25 minutes, 40 seconds into the next day. Amazing match. I was definitely fading by the end of it, but when he got that win, I was not surprised. Me and AJ both thought this was the way it was going to go. Adam Page's title reign wasn't the hottest, and I'd like to see what he does coming off of it. Because maybe he could be a bigger person going forward in the company. I got some ideas about maybe some things you might see from Hangman coming up. I thought me and Scott had talked about this, I think, and someone else too off air. I had said that I had this idea that eh, wouldn't it be interesting if Hangman was right and there were these, you know, there was kind of vague insults to Punk. And wouldn't it be something if Hangman was right and Punk ends up being heel? And he ends up being this scumbag who not, says he's not a, he is. And Punk is a really good heel. But we didn't get that yet. But at the end of the day, yeah, we got Punk as champ. And I think that belt probably means a little more with a name like CM Punk at this point in their careers with it. And maybe it's going to mean more for someone who eventually takes the title off Punk, which could be Hangman Page down the road still. Definitely. Now, Coming out of Double or Nothing, what was your impression of the MJF situation? All right, yeah, so let's get right uh, to that. MJF, I don't know. I think this is obviously a half-shoot situation. I think something happened at this fan fest. That's legit, I believe. And and I think they didn't know what they were going to do. And now I think they have it under control. And they're trying to work some angle here. You know, where it's going to lead, I don't know. We'll talk about that in a second here as we talk about the actual promo but Sunday night how did you feel about it i was curious to see what would happen next i thought that the way he was beaten was something they could have done like you said but also they could have done if he was leaving too so it was kind of interesting it's like all right well maybe i thought though this is what i thought when it was over sunday night all right we're not going to see him for a little bit wrong (laughs) yeah i was sunday night I would have thought, yeah, he's going to be off TV for a while. I thought it was a work pretty much the whole time. Even with the fan fest, do you think something happened? Or do you think, I I mean, it sounds weird. I I think they saw the amount of talk the Naomi Sasha thing was getting. And they do have this big thing going on with TV. So Tony Khan being a wrestling fan, what if he was somehow stirring the controversy i didn't know how it would go because when they stretched him out i'm like okay maybe he's off tv for a while if by some chance it's real maybe this is where he's out but then he's announced for dynamite and we kick off dynamite with cm punk and ftr versus max caster and the gun club this went 11 minutes 50 seconds punk's first appearance with the title stage dives into the audience during his entrance I really thought this was a good opener for the show. You could hear how hot that LA crowd was. Yeah, they loved it. Um, I was a little concerned with Punk taking stage dives at this point in his career. I know he's done it before, but just seeing him slip up later on in his match with a few top rope spots and then, you know, the failed buck shots. I'm like, eh, maybe we don't need to be doing this right now anymore. Like, I'm, I'm always like, it's fun. But like, I get a little concerned. I don't want to see him to get injured on something like this. The match was fun. Great to see FTR out here with Punk, you know, getting that rub with the the other top guy in the company. FTR is on another level. Caster and Bowens, this relationship with the gun club is so interesting to me. I think they have great chemistry together. I think Billy 
in particular, really, really plays off well with the fact that he almost likes the acclaim better than his own sons. Yeah. And I just think they're hilarious together. And it's interesting. The crowd loves the acclaim, but they're booing everything that the gun club does. That being said, the match itself, hot way to open up, like you said, but a little clunky towards the end. But at the same time, Punk, you know, in his promo afterwards here kind of eats it, acknowledges that and talks about getting better. And that's why I'm the champ. And I don't know, like the way he kind of just addressed it honestly in his promo kind of made it better. Yeah. And then it goes into Harwood talking about how his wife and daughter there calls out Finley. And we get some talk of the forbidden door because Punk wants to see who he's got. And Tanahashi comes out and... You know, they put him over on commentary. He signals for the belt. Do you think there's a chance that he actually goes against Punk for the title? They might make it for the title. That would make it more interesting. I don't see Tanahashi getting the belt. I think, because we asked about Hangman, I think Hangman before, where it's next for him, I think Hangman might end up taking on Okada on this pay-per-view. And maybe it's Hangman going for the belt after Okada. And I think Okada will win, but it'll be a competitive match. And I think... It's going to be an interesting time to see how Hangman holds up if he takes another big loss, even if it's a great matchup. That's where it's reported to go. And I mean, you make Hangman a star putting, you know, if you got your biggest star punk going up against Tanahashi, it's arguable who the number two is. And, you know, it's either Tanahashi or Okada in Japan. So having Tanahashi go up against Paige, that makes him like a legitimate number two. New Japan is very protective of their talent. I was talking about this with AJ last night, actually. Ishii and his run and impact. He, As far as I know, he lost one match. He lost the match for the world title against Josh Alexander. You know, he had wins over, oh God, drawing a blank. But the guy, the main guy from No Honor No More. Oh, Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards, thank you. Yeah. Like he beat Eddie Edwards and Eddie Edwards was one of the hottest guys there. He beat Macklin. Like he was beating everybody that they were putting up with him. And then, you know, he lost the world title match. But like, and that's the way it's been with Ring of Honor over the years. Like the New Japan guys typically went over. Every once in a while, they'll lose. Maybe, you know, we're not going to totally sacrifice, you know, our main attractions. But yeah, the New Japan guys are very well protected. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how these matches are booked. Like I like you're saying, that's just, the word is it's going to be Hangman Okada. And I think Punk will go over Tanahashi. And then it'll be interesting to see what else we have here yes now this was followed by the mjf in-ring promo he was booed coming out and this was a wild promo and as good as it was it was so good that i'm like it has to be storyline now i think maybe at one point there was an issue but somehow it got settled and they just him and Tony are working to make this as big as possible. They had executives there that night. And if you put on a show like this, this is what people are going to want to see on TV. And I I don't know, like he started getting cheers when he oh, yeah. talked about XWWE guys. He said he's the best in the world because he's the only guy that makes you feel like this was an A-level performance. Like, and you know, his mic gets cut at the end and the I got to say it's a work because look at what happened with Cody. Oh, yeah. Disagreements. Nothing played out in the ring. 
All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 